This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin. Um, we got a lot of sports to talk about in this week's episode, so we'll do our regular four-quarter format. In the first quarter, we recap uh, the second round of the high school football playoffs. Um, in the second quarter, we are joined by New Trier girls volleyball coach Hannah Shea. In the f- third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview the quarterfinal round of the playoffs. We are getting deeper into the football playoffs, less and less teams around, so um, a good matchup to look forward to here in quarter number four. But before we get started, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Apple, iTunes, Android, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. For now, let us know, and we will add the podcast there. Um, make sure to leave a nice little review as well. We always appreciate the positive feedback, and the more reviews we get, the more um, people can listen to this great podcast and uh, check out older episodes as well. So we always appreciate the help and the um, positive reviews that we get uh, from our listeners. So let's dive on in now, Joe, to uh, week number two of the high school football playoffs, the second round. Loyola traveled down to Edwardsville um, in their Class A uh, second round matchup. Um, a big question for us heading into that matchup, other than you know dealing with the over 500 mile uh, drive to uh, Edwardsville, um, was the running game with the lack of uh, Will Nemeshine being out for the rest of the playoffs. Um, seemed like Loyola had no trouble with that at all, running out to a 49 to 21 win, uh, scored 35 unanswered points, um, and pretty much was the Loyola team that we kind of saw all season long, Joe. Yeah, um, as you can see, you know, they, they kind of plug and play uh, running backs and not that they're not talented. Um, of course, they've got a lot of talent in that system, in that program. Uh, but the offensive line deserves a lot of credit and, and a shout out to to all those guys uh, for doing the dirty work in the trenches and just making sure that Loyola doesn't miss too much of a beat as they deal with injuries uh, like crazy um, this year. Um, so, um Big, big day for them, big day for the run game, which it had to be because of the wind. Um, wind was crazy uh, in southern Illinois as it was in, in the suburbs of Chicago uh, for all these games. So I think Sterney only, you know, he, he threw less than fewer than 10 passes, I believe. Um, and uh, um, a lot of running, you know, it was kind of a, off to a great start. I believe Sterney on the first or second yard for or play from scrimmage. Uh scrambled for, for 74 yards um, and put them in, in territory. And that kind of was a set the tone for the whole, for the whole victory. Uh, they kind of ran rough shot. Luke Foster, the sophomore we talked about, we thought we'd see plenty of him. We did. He had, I believe three touchdown runs and uh, 166 rushing yards, something like he had a bunch of touches over 20 touches, maybe close to 30 touches um, on the day, Ryan Craddock had a, had a touchdown run too. I think he had 19, 99 yards. Can't give him a hundred, 99 yards, um, rushing. Um, so big day on the ground with, with Sterney's total, as well as some of the other guys that, you know, they were over 300 yards on the ground, uh, just a big day. And, and, uh, 
the, the passing attack really hurt Edwardsville uh, as their playmakers. That's kind of where they look to make their money is up in the air. Um, so um, kind of good conditions for, for Loyola to withstand and uh, move on to round three. Yeah, you mentioned obviously Foster having a big day for the Ramblers as well as Craddock and uh, Loyola moved over their um, uh, safety uh, McGuire over to, um, you know, Johnny McGuire as an opportunity to kind of, you know, get involved with the offense and um, he scored the first uh, touchdown for the Ramblers. Um, after a, a couple of plays, um, after that big uh, sturdy run, like you talked about earlier, Joe. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it it seems it's flawed to say that you know you can throw anyone behind that offensive line for Loyola and they would do well. There, obviously, you need a lot of talent in order to succeed in that kind of stuff. And I think you saw that um, from Foster and uh, the other guys that the Ramblers are able to. Obviously, they have a lot of talented players who can just. Um, move around, but I think it does help Loyola with its offensive line that um, they're really able to kind of set the tone with their um, line presence and um, maybe against a team like Edwardsville, this was good for it to happen not that an injury is ever good when it happens, but you would want it to kind of happen where maybe you can get, you know, some reps in and the kind of stuff and figure things out before, you know, you look forward to a quarterfinal, semifinal, or even a championship matchup, um, you know, without you know, getting some reps before. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, it was great. And uh, the offensive line, you mentioned it again. Um, I just, you know, we don't normally throw all these guys' names out. They're, they're not the ones scoring touchdowns, but let's do it. Let's give these guys some credit here. We got Kyle Kyle Baltazar, um, Pan Milliopolis. Uh, sorry, Pan, if I screwed that up, but he's he's been huge for them uh, in the tackle position. Um, Brady Moffitt was injured, but he did a lot of work this year as well. Bra- uh, Braden Carlin is on that line. Um, and those are just some of the guys um, who, who are doing work. Tight ends as well do a ton of blocking. You know names like Jack Fitzgerald and Jack Parker because they're going to Division One, but they also do a ton on the blocking um, to set the edges for these runnings and uh, for these running backs and, and give them lanes. So um, <clears throat> pretty impressive stuff um, from these guys. It's a great offensive line, um, and I think they just proved it on there on the in round two and they'll be needed going forward. Um, and, uh, I think we'll, you know, maybe we saved a little bit of, uh, um, not that we needed to, but maybe we saved a little bit of, why can't I think of the quarterback's name, Mike? Why am I completely blanking on the star of the show? Jake Sterney's arm, um, for, I don't know what happened there, uh, for the quarterfinals and semifinals. I think he'll need it here, but, uh, um, that defense did the job early stuffing the run from Edwardsville too. So, um, like I said, it's on to round three and it was an efficient way to do it. I think you can just kind of credit the coaching staff as well. Um, good stuff from the Ramblers. Yeah. And the big day for the defense, uh, not allowing many points until later in the game when they, I presume they have more subs in, um, but you know, just, well, you knew that the wind was going to play a major factor in just covering stuff on Saturday and, um, if it was the same thing down there in Edwardsville, I mean, it was, you couldn't really pass against that wind. Um, and for, like you talked about earlier, how Edwardsville like looked to pass and took away their playmakers. You take away one, you know, phase of the offense for Loyola's defense and they can pretty much contend and stop anything uh, at a rushing attack. And you kind of saw that with the Ramblers, um, what they were able to do defensively, just allowing 21 points later in the game um, and not really letting Edwardsville build any momentum whatsoever on the running attack. Um, that pretty much just took away any hope of Edwardsville, you know, trying to pull off an upset against Loyola. Yeah, um, I think it did. And 
really we're kind of now we're looking forward, but that defense is, has been known to step up in, in the big games. Now they have, um, I don't know if you look at the Mount Carmel game as a slip up because uh, that's just two of the best teams in the state, two of probably the best teams in the state going at it. And they both gave up points, a ton of points, even though the immense amount of talent, but um, Loyal, I think they know who they are on defense. Uh, I think there are days they could get more pressure on the quarterback, but um, um, they do have some injuries on that defensive line as well. So they're working through those and just trying to finish the season. But uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see some more big plays out of them in these, in these last couple rounds um, here. And, and I think they'll be key as they advance along the way, which I think they will. All right. We'll talk more about that week uh, three quarterfinal matchup against Lions here in the fourth quarter. But um, let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Nutrier uh, girls volleyball head coach uh, Hannah Shea. Uh, she talked to Joe after uh, their uh, sectional final loss to Loyola um, last week. Um, a lot of talk about, um, you know, just the future, Joe. But what are the folks at home going to hear from uh, Coach Shea? Yeah, I think we're, we're going it, to – it's an interesting interview because, you know, Nutria lost, um, you know, in the sectional final, um, which was right after we recorded last week. So – um, that's not news to you, but it's interesting to hear her talk about, uh, what this team overcame this year. Um, you know, they had, we thought Nutria was set up for a while with, uh, with, I think a sophomore starting setter and, and a sophomore lead attacker, but, um, the setter moved out of state and then, um, they had an injury to a setter an injury to a starting, um, middle. So they had to kind of, uh, completely reinvent their offense and defense. Um, and they moved, um, to, liberos two two defensive specialists uh to the center position it took a while to figure it out and once they did this was a really good team that made it all the way to the sectional final earned a regional championship um and uh all those most of those girls they only have two seniors on this roster are coming back so we talk about the perseverance of this team how they even fought uh when they actually they got rolled by loyola in set one but really fought at the end of set one and through set two um, and what that's going to do for uh, these young players next year. All right, let's take a listen. Back and forth in the second set, that was kind of what we expected. Really good volleyball, and I don't know how, how they get kind of the better of you in the end for that second set. Um, I, I mean, I thought that second set was anybody's game. Um, I wasn't keeping track, track a little bit. I mean, we, I think we have... Um, a lot of offensive options, and it's hard when we can't work it all to them you know, for various reasons. And, um, I, you know, I thought they stayed steady. They didn't give us too many things that we could take advantage of. Um, so, you know, props to Loyola for that. I'm really proud of our girls for the season we've had. We've had crazy amount of, I mean, so proud of these teams. I mean, I don't know if you know, we started with no setters. We had an M1 out for the whole season. We have our other girl who's trying to play, who is competing for the L spot out for the whole season. We had our O1, basically our outside who plays all around out for five weeks and just coming back. So I-, I Who was out outside? Who's Emma, the, Emma, Emma McCann took, it was five weeks for a ankle sprain that okay. took long. So it took her even longer to get back. Sure. So I'm proud of all the girls who stepped up. Um, and, you know, we've had girls playing all different positions to try to make adjustments to all the different injuries and setbacks. And I love that this team fought no matter what. 
in that fight, I mean, 15 to one in the first set. I mean, the writing's on the wall, but you guys outscored him from there by a two to one margin, even though the game was kind of out of reach. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that, is that the fight you're kind of talking about? For sure, the, for sure. We needed to not think about the score. We said, we just have to start playing our game to, to even get us back in. So, and I thought that rolled us right into that second set. And, you know, proud of the fight that we were able to show after that. Anything their opening server did that surprised you or what I do you think? I mean, we have a young and experienced team. Young, inex inexperienced. You know, I think this this is great experience for all the girls. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are great. Thank you. Great you know, I think that I mean this is this is great experience for them. You know, we talk about the excitement of playoffs. I'm glad a lot of the lower level girls are here because they they're not used to this kind of atmosphere and just the bigness of the game, and it's good for them to see. How many seniors did you wind up with? Just two, right? So a lot of these. Making it to the sectional, I know you guys have been farther before, but that's still pretty far yeah. along in the postseason. So at the beginning of the season with two, set, two girls who've never set, you know, leading the charge, um, I would have been like, yeah, I'll take that. Right. Never set, right? They were, were they the Barrows or DS? DSs? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you think they're carrying over a lot into next year, just this experience? I hope they're hungry because, you know, this is a team that should be competing to try to go downstate next year. So, Thanks, Coach Shea, for joining us. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight and fun uh, interviews. All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree whether something can happen. Way or No Way, it cannot happen. All right, like we heard there uh, from uh, Coach Shea, Loyola beat um, Nutria to win the sectional title. Um, Loyola then went on to play um, in the sectional super section, uh, in the super sectional and fell in their round. Um, so Joe, way or no way uh, that Loyola missed an opportunity to win a state title by losing in the super sectional? Yeah, I guess technically they did, but you know, in in terms of, of what you kind of mean by that, I'll say no way. I I think they had some really strong competition once if they were to get there. Um, and one of those competitors they had to beat in the Super was uh, St. Charles East, who was hot, very hot. They were they were two seed out of their sectional, but they were they were running over people. Um, I mean, they took down Loyola in in straights, so. Uh, this was a very good St. Charles East. Uh, it'll be a fun state finals with them and Macaulay there. Um, I think Macaulay's um, uh, proven they're the best, if not, um, you know, the favorite for the state title. Um, so I, I don't know if they lost an opportunity. I mean, they did technically, but they weren't the favorite. Um, so um, it was just a great run by by that Loyola team any way you slice it. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you and say no way. I think obviously this team, yeah, I mean, they didn't win a state title, so sure, they missed an opportunity. But um, Mother Macaulay was waiting for them in that semifinal. We saw how they competed against Mother Macaulay earlier during the regular season. And um, like you mentioned, I mean, they're just at a different level right now compared to everyone else in the state. And um, like you said, probably the favorite to win the Class 4A um, state title. So, yeah, I'm going to go with no way. I just think if it would be obviously a great deal for Loyola to move on to the final four and um, compete for a trophy. Um, but I just think that with mother Macaulay waiting for them there, 
Um, it just would have been very tough for them to uh, win a championship. So I'm going to go with no way. Um, I don't think they missed an opportunity because I think it would have been too hard to uh, kind of come up and try to beat Mother McCauley in that semifinal matchup. All right, guys, we st- we've got state swimming happening in Westmont this weekend. Let's start off with the new trier, uh girls. Uh, way or no way, Joe, I feel like I ask this a lot, but plain and simple way just to ask this question. Way or no way that uh, new trier will have enough uh, points to win a state title as a team? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they're going to be right up there. Um, they're not as dominant as they were last year. I think if you remember last year uh, with Kalen Gridley and um, Carly Novaline, uh with big points both in the relays and their individual events, we're talking about record-breaking swimmers, um, some of the best in the country, uh, they had the biggest margin of, of victory in, I think, I think I had like 12, 15 years at state. Um, for a state championship. So that team was just kind of in a league of its own. But this team is great in its own right, and they're going to put up a ton of points, especially in the relays. Um, they've got experience there with Charlize Escaza, and um, they've got newcomers who are just some of the best in the state. Um, Kiri Lenahan comes to mind. Um, they're going to be – they're going to put up a lot of points. It's going to be really good. I think they are the favorites, so I will say way. Yeah, I think I'll go with way there. I don't – see a reason why to doubt these you know trebians i think they have a lot of talent I think they have a lot of depth and that's obviously the key to winning a state title as a team in one of these um you know in these types of events where it's like swimming or tennis or um what have you so i think yeah i think that um they definitely have the depth and they have the ability to do it and i think that nutria will do it i think the competition will be strong and i think um it won't be you know like they're going to blow away the competition for a state title but i do think that the trebians have enough to win a state title um, so yeah, I think way they'll definitely uh, win it as a team. Our Loyola girls swimming will have a few uh, swimmers competing at the state title as well this weekend. Joe, way or no way that the Ramblers will have someone medal? Yeah, I think so. Um, Loyola's got uh, one of the best up and coming swimmers um, there is in the state in uh, Maria Chen. Um, she's a sophomore. She's one of the fastest. Uh, butterfly swimmers in the state um she's also right up there in the backstroke so she's especially swimmer but she is fast and she's good um i think she should medal especially in the um in the fly and uh yeah you know they got a chance to in in a relay um and we'll see if they're able to do that but i really think uh it's maria chang um for in a couple events but mostly the fly so way yeah i think i'll definitely agree with you i'll go way especially Bouncing off that Maria Chang thought where she enters the state meet with the third fastest time at 56.30 in the 100-yard backstroke. So um, I, I would imagine unless something crazy happens that Loyola will medal. I think the relay teams, like you mentioned earlier, will also um, play a factor. So, um, yeah, way. I think that the Ramblers will bring home um, some uh, awards um, from competing in the state title this weekend. We had uh, the state title uh, boys and girls cross-country uh meets over this past weekend with a couple of 10th place uh individual finishes um joe going with the loyola girls cross-country team way or no way that this was one of their best seasons in program history oh no doubt um i I, i'm blanking i believe it's the first time they advanced as a team am i wrong um yeah yeah, i think so so for sure and they finished in the top 10 um girls cross cross country in illinois is really good um you're talking about prospect york teams that are kind of known for this new tree or perennially to you know step back from what they normally are um this year but um 
it's a very good cross country state. So you got to be fast. And they had a bunch of girls who were very fast. So um, this kind of group um, with Jane Lynch, uh, Ellie Gramas, um, Maeve Norman, and uh, one more kind of their fantastic four that I'm forgetting, Morgan Mackey. Um, it was really good and, and put together quite a legacy, especially uh, Gramas and, and Norman, who are seniors. Um, but, you know, Lynch is coming back and so is um, Mackey and Anna Kimball was there as well. She's she's a sophomore who who ran pretty fast at state. So I think you can expect some more good finishes in the future. But as a team, kind of with those four leading the way, they were really special. Yeah, I'll definitely go with the way there. Not to keep on agreeing with you, Joe, but I do think that, um, you know, just what, what they were able to accomplish this season and um, being able to make some history this year, I think that definitely plays a big factor. So, yeah, I think uh, the Ramblers girls cross-country team definitely had its best finish and definitely something that's worth building upon with the talent that they have coming back uh, next season. All right, final way or no way question. Joe, sticking with cross-country, we're going to go to the boys. Um, way or no way that uh, New Cheer boys cross-country with its 10th place finish uh, individually this week um, is showing off its depth and being able to, you know, produce a lot of talented um, cross-country runners. I think way, I think they've, they've got that reputation and they kept it um, or are they, they continued it, I guess, maintained uh, is the best word, I think. So uh, this is just, you know, Nutria kind of churns them out. And while they didn't have the front end guys, like we've seen in the past, you know, the cross country um, runner of the year last year. Um, and they had, I think they had two of the top 10 um, just a year ago, but you know, um, this year they had, they had a top 30 finisher, Ben Crane. He's only a sophomore. They finished 10th as a unit. Um, so I think they're still very good and they're going to be good for a long time as, you know, runners keep stepping up and they keep uh, kind of following in that long pedigree. So I'll say way. Yeah, I think it's definitely a way as well. I think uh, they're just, you know, consistently putting out a lot of talent and a lot of great stuff um, and a lot of great athletes. And yeah, I agree. Maybe they didn't, you know, have enough to, you know, win a, state title or bring a trophy home as a team by doing that they had a lot of depth and they continue to show that off every single year. So um, yeah, I think definitely there's a way there and just being able to consistently compete at the state title, you know, where it matters the most. And that's a big thing for the program as well. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview uh, quarterfinal action um, specifically for our Ramblers as they compete against Lions Township on Saturday. The game will be at Wilmette at one o'clock. Um, Lions coming into its matchup with a nine and two record. Um, lone losses are to York 27 and 14 York, a team that beat, uh, Marist in a double overtime class eight, a game, which was really fun to watch, um, as they are still undefeated and Glenbard West, uh, they lost to Glenbard West 28 to 20, um, as we face off here, uh, Glenbard West 10 and one, um, this season, but, um, Joe, looking at Lions Township right now, um, this is a team that obviously is very, very well prepared. And maybe you're kind of going up to a different level compared to going from Edwardsville to um, Lions now, where you've got a team that's been able to win consistently. Their two losses are to two of the, you know, two of the better teams in the state, kind of at the level where Loyola is right now. Um, and, you know, they're able to hang tough against the Glenbard West team on the road and uh, losing to York maybe a little bit more than they would have liked. But um, this Lions team should present a really interesting challenge for the Ramblers where um, maybe you kind of see offensively whether you can, 
you know, put up those numbers that you're able to put up against Edwardsville with, you know, some new guys in and defensively, whether you're able to really limit what the Lions like to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's it's a different level for Lions. Lions better come um, ready for, for big boy football. And I mean that quite literally. Um, you know, I know York's a good team. Uh, great. I should say great team. York, they've played great teams and they're in for another one here. Um, so I know they're going to be ready for it. They've seen Glenbard West. They've seen York. This is going to be a little different football, but still the greatness. Loyal is going to come at them hard. And I don't think Loyal is going to pull. Of course, they're not in the third round. This is the quarterfinals now. Um, going to pull any punches at, at any point, maybe not until late in the second half if they have to. So um, it's going to be, I, I, I don't think Lions is quite at the level, but that doesn't mean Loyola shouldn't be ready on the other side of things because, um, you know, Lions just, it, it's coming off a big second half comeback. So that's going to momentum. They feel pretty good right now. They gave York, uh, you know, I played York tough. They gave Gimbard West a game. Um, so they've seen big boys, as I've mentioned. So I don't know if they'll be surprised, uh, by the talent Loyola puts on the field or, or just by the pedigree, uh, you know, the sticker shock, if you will, um, they'll be ready to play. I just think they might be outgunned here. Um, so, uh, it'll be good football though. It'll be the best matchup so far for Loyola. Um, I expect a closer game, but I do expect that. I think Loyola's, um, uh, a pretty heavy favorite. How much does, you know, just playing in those games kind of help Loyola? I feel like I I consistently hear this, you know, just putting together the CCL ESCC notebook every single time I talk to a coach about how much the conference helps the teams, you know, become better. And you kind of see that in the playoffs where um, you got eight teams left from the CCL ESCC, and they always talk about how the CCL, you know, prepares them for the playoffs. And, like, it's a different brand of football as opposed to playing in a different conference. And I agree with that. But um, for Loyola, I mean, just how much does that kind of prepare you for a matchup against Lions where maybe Lions, you know, yeah, they have a nine and two record and able to hold on um, against Glenbard West and York. But how much does Loyola's experience of playing in the CCL, playing against Mount Carmel, Maris, Brother Rice, St. Rita, uh, Providence, all these different teams, how does that kind of help in the matchup where maybe Loyola has more experience in these types of games and knows, knows exactly what it needs to do? Um, as opposed to maybe Lions who only had like a couple games where they need to have that kind of experience. Yeah, I think it's huge. I really do. Um, I think it's it, it, that battle tested um, both men, the mentality and kind of the physical attributes you gain from, from those games and, and the things you learn and take with you along the way. Um, and maybe you're desensitized to the physicality as well. I think that's huge. I really do. I think it's the that that top level of the Catholic League with Loyola, Brother Rice, Marist, uh, even throw St. Rita in there, of course, um, even though they're in a different division. Uh, I think it's just a different brand of football. And um, Loyola passed all those tests, except Mount Carmel, who they went nose to nose with. Um, so I think they'll be ready. And I don't think um, um, there's nothing the Lions can do to uh, surprise them in terms of um, in terms of talent, in terms of physicality, things like that. Now they can surprise them with schemes and trick plays. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what they put on the field in the normal product, Loyola will be ready for um, because of all those games. I think it, it can't be underestimated um, that Loyola won all those games. Or again, Mo Carmel, they went nose to nose with, but otherwise they took down the Brother Rice, the Marist, and the St. Rita. Um, Marist was the closest one, the other two with authority. I think that's a big that's a big part of this.
What are your concerns about this Loyola team, you know, heading into a quarterfinal match where maybe you're not concerned about Loyola specifically in this game against Lions, but just what with what you've seen, especially maybe in the Mount Carmel game, do you have any concerns, whether that's defensively or offensively, just with the injury bug that they've had at the running back position? Um, or do you kind of feel like maybe learning from that Mount Carmel loss has has you with less questions than you had before? I am concerned about a couple things once they get down the road here in this postseason. You know, if they if they have to take take on York in the semis and if, you know the championship game, obviously whoever that might be, if it's Lincoln Way East, um, uh, whoever it's going to be, very good um, competition. So I, I'm a little concerned about their defensive line because of their injuries. Um, so they got backups in. There's talent there, um, but they need to get to the quarterback and I think um, disrupt schemes uh, more effectively as we go down the road here. Um, and of course they got Brooks bar, but Brooks bar is facing, um, you know, double slash triple teams, chips, things like that. A lot of schemes to, to avoid him making, to kind of mitigate his impact. Um, so some of those other guys got to really do some damage here and, and pressure that quarterback. I'm a little, little worried about that. Um, not really worried about their tackling, um, not really worried to, to be honest. Uh, I really have a lot of faith in that secondary in, in big time games uh, and what they can do um on the offensive end i yeah i'm I'm worried about their running game a little bit and it's not again it's their offensive line i think can play in any level it's can they get an effective run game with all their injuries i mean they're down to their you can look at it like they're four string i mean they pulled up a sophomore who's looked great but when he faces some of the top defenses in the state in the biggest stages in the state uh can these guys perform um can they pick up yardage? Can they move the sticks? Um, fortunately, they have um, experience all around them from the the leader, Jake Sterney, to the, the tight ends and the offensive line blocking to uh, senior wide receivers who make plays. So th- they seem to have some of their weaknesses covered up. And I don't even know if they're weaknesses, but maybe vulnerabilities. And uh, But I, I'm curious to see in the biggest games of the year, I don't know if we'll see it Saturday, but in uh, the next couple rounds, we'll be able to do those couple things, run the football and move the sticks um, to, to kind of keep possession and get pressure on the quarterback on the defensive end. How much does weather play a factor where you're not going to have the winds, but I mean, it's going to be a high of 36 on Saturday. That's completely different from what they've been playing in earlier in the year. And obviously you layer up and you, you know, you get warm, whatever, but they're also like, these are high school kids, you know, playing in tough conditions now, as you know, you're pretty much playing near a frost or pretty close to it. So, I mean, how much does weather kind of play a factor in, you know, the ability to kind of throw the ball, get a good grip on it while also trying to run the ball um, and try to figure out, you know, what you can do in those tough conditions. Did you say 36 is a high? Yeah. Did you not know this, Joe? We are in for a, we are in for I knew it was going down after uh, starting Thursday, right? Or starting Friday. I just didn't know that was the high. Oh boy. Got to bust out the long underwear again. Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, I you know both teams are going to deal with it, and this is Chicago weather, so um, you know they they play in it in previous years. Um, I actually don't know how experienced Lions is. I believe they are pretty experienced. Um, now, last year I think they were five and four and only played one playoff game. Um, <clears throat> so this year maybe maybe the colder weather uh, affects them. I don't know if it'll affect Loyola. Um, you know, it'd be a little colder by the lake too. They say um, they always say that um, in the kind of that open oil field, maybe some wind whipping around. Uh, but Loyola's played deep into November plenty of times, um, including 
last year making it to the uh, semifinals. So um, it plays a factor, but uh, we're going to have to, you know, when it's that cold uh, and windy, you know, you, you look to run the ball a little bit. And it's really about, I think a lot of the weather factors too, uh, and I'm going on about this, but is about focus, um, especially on the, the defensive end of the football. Um, can you maintain focus? It's going to be cold. Are you, are you thinking about that right now? Or are you thinking about your assignment and where you need to be and work as a, as a unit here? Um, and, uh, sometimes in moments where you're cold, do you, do you always want to make the, the big hit? Do you, you want to finish a tackle? Um, which teams more focused plays a role too. Um, obviously, um, they are also going to have to play quickly if they want to get this game and obviously start off at one o'clock. Layla doesn't have lights. So around we've been having around a 430 uh, sunset. So hopefully they can get this game moving and not uh, run the ball more than they, uh, you know, will otherwise if you would need to stop the game more with a, a passing game. So that's a that's, good um, that's, that's a good se segue into the story that I published today. Did you see it? I did. OK, were you going to were you just going to reference it? I was going to bring it up, but you uh, you get in there, Joe. I want to make sure because I just posted today, so I didn't know if you saw it. But uh, they don't have lights. Um, obviously, they're they're getting temporary lights just for practice, which they do every every year. They rent them and put them up in the field. But permanent lights may not be not too far in the future. We know the school wants them. Um, will the community, including their neighbors and the village, back them um, if they go for it? And of course, their board of trustees. Uh, that's yet to be seen, but I think we could know in the next coming months if they try for it this year. Check out fun. that story. Should be fun to see. Um, obviously, it would be weird to have Friday night games at Loyola, considering that's never happened before, but um, obviously something to look forward to. Um, I'll get a game prediction from you in a little bit here, Joe, but just looking at the rest of the 8A playoffs and maybe anything else that you've kind of noticed about the playoffs um, here, some really fun matchups here as we get into the quarterfinal round and um, that's kind of because everything's gone pretty chalky here. Um, you've got, uh, in class A, you got Lincoln Waste against Warren. You got Maine South against Glenbard West. You got, uh, York against Palatine. And then you got Lions against Loyola. Um, some really fun matchups here in class A and even like other matchups as well, uh, in 7A where you have, uh, Mount Carmel and Brother Rice playing against each other in one quarterfinal event. St. Rita and St. Charles North playing against each other in another quarterfinal. Um, you got St. Ignatius going to its first quarterfinals ever in uh, program history. So a lot of fun matchups to look forward to here, Joe. But um, looking at that 8A bracket, um, it seems like maybe this half of the bracket, Loyola's half of the bracket, might be a little bit easier. And maybe you have a York and Loyola expectation in the semifinals as opposed to Lincoln Way East and Warren should be a lot of fun. And Maine South and Glenmard West should be a lot of fun as well. Both those games are going to be awesome. Um, really pumped to just kind of, uh, I, I can't say watch because I'll, I'll be at the Loyola game, but uh, keeping up with those games, keeping updated on on the old Twitter and, and watching highlights later. Uh, but these are these are great games. These are really four in that top top half four kind of names we know that have been very very good, either perennially or in the past you know ten years. The Warren. Lincoln Way East, and then Maine South, Glenbard West. These are teams we know it's going to be great. Uh, Maine, Maine South and Glenbard West, uh, interesting, interesting matchup. We know how good Glenbard West is. They both destroyed opponents in their first two weeks, kind of mismatches, even though the seedings um, may not have shown it. These, these were definitely mismatches. And Maine South hasn't allowed a point in the postseason. So are we going to see a defensive slugfest, um, or are we going to see 
um, these teams try to outgun each other because they can they can do both. Um, these are good teams. I like Lombard West in that one. I also like Lincoln Ways to beat Warren, but that's going to be a down and dirty uh, big boy football as well um, out in Frankfurt on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, in the Southern half, I, I think Palatine's been the benefactor of uh, kind of the seedings uh, and uh, kind of their, where they, where they, where they've been sitting. I think York's going to take control of that one. And I think Loyola takes control. Um, so the the players can't look forward to that game, but I'm going to look forward to Loyola and York um, going to be awesome. I believe that would be at York if I'm looking at these right. Yeah, uh, I think it would be York considering they Loyola and York will both potentially have hosted two yeah. uh, home games. So York with the higher seed would earn the home field advantage there. So you would need to go to Elmers for that game. Good stuff. Um, just excited about this 8A finale. Um, looking good, kind of a little bit of what we predicted. Uh, I don't think Maine South is exactly what we predicted. Um, just the way they've done this, uh, we thought Bolingbroke would give them a game. But um, anyway, um, good, uh, good on the Hawks there. And uh, let me see in, in the 7A, um, if we're just looking at some other stuff, Carmel Brother Rice is going to be a battle, but, um, you know, Carmel's shown that. I love St. Charles North, and not just because my uh, my good friend is on the coaching staff there, um, but they've done some great things in this postseason and throughout the season, some of the best highlights we've seen throughout the season from Drew Sergis. Um, and uh, I think St. Rita's in for one. I think it'll be a great game in that one as well. Yeah, I think a lot of fun ones here, really entering the fun portion of the playoffs now as you kind of – you kind of get, you know, obviously a team that makes the playoffs aren't bad teams, but you just kind of get rid of the teams that are actually going to compete for a championship as opposed to maybe some who, you know, had a easier schedule and they kind of had a better record and then um, maybe made their way into it a little bit deeper than they should have. But um, now we've kind of got really fun matchups here. So let's talk about this matchup, Joe Loyola at uh, Loyola and Lions on Saturday at Wilmette at one o'clock. Um, what do you expect to happen here for the Ramblers and Lions? Um, I expect the Ramblers to kind of just control this game. I don't think they'll put up uh, a 40 spot. I think it'll be a little slower go um, for them, but I do think they'll be um, relatively efficient in moving the change and uh, staying on the on their home field, uh, much to the light of fans. And I think their defense stands up tall as well. So uh, I'm thinking something like um, 31 to 7. Let's give them 7. Let's give 7 for Lions. I think it'll be a little bit closer than that, but I do have the Ramblers to putting up 32 points. And I think that it'll probably be a, a 14 for Lions. I, I, I think it kind of gets close early, um, but I think loyal, I think as it always usually happens with these C, big CCL blue teams, I think the line of scrimmage is just going to be dominated by the Ramblers after a while. And I think that they're just going to be able to do whatever they want, running the ball and then passing the ball. Um, if there isn't too strong of a win on Sunday. So um, I think the Ramblers pick up a 32 to 14 win, move on to uh, the semifinals. Joe, give me your final four here in class eight, eh? Um, oh, I think it's Glenbard West, Lincoln Way East. Um, and then why am I blind? Loyola and uh, York. York. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be yeah, Loyola. It's a little boring, but I think so. It is chalky, but I mean, York and Loyola, I think, are the best teams in the southern portion or whatever you want to call it, the bottom half of the quadru uh, the bracket. And then Lincoln Way East and I think Lombard West are both the best teams in the upper 
um, quadrant there as well. And but and then that should make if that goes and happens what, how we expect it to happen, those should be um, great semifinal matchups here. Looking forward to uh, moving on here in the playoffs. But that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the Varsity Podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that podcasts are available. Give us a nice little like and review. We always appreciate it. Spread the word as well as you are uh, moving around and watching different football games and uh, cheering at state uh, swimming events as well. The winter sports season is also upon us. We've got training camps uh, happening or tryouts and, uh, you know, starts of the season happening right now. So um, we are moving into it both temperature-wise and sports-wise. So um, after this weekend, we'll have some football to talk about, but then we're going to get ready for the winter season as well. Uh, you can check out my stuff at Friday Night Drive. Make sure to check out my notebooks and all of our coverage of the playoffs. We got a lot of great projections, in-depth look at notebooks and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you're checking out our stuff at Friday Night Drive. And as always, make sure you check out Joe's stuff at therecordnorthshore.org. He's got a lot of sports coverage for you as well, as well as election results. Make sure to get all the updated stuff there with the elections that took place um, this past Tuesday. Joe's got you covered with all the different referendums and elections that took place. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.